the possibilities are endless for what you can actually do in real estate. I've seen everything in between. People make zero, people make a million. First month, 12th month, some people never do it. Like it's just, I can tell you if you're a hustler and you have the right resources around you, you're gonna kill it. If you're not a hustler yeah. and you have the right resources around you, at least you have a better chance of like doing something. But if you're, you know, you're not a hustler, you have no resources, you're probably never gonna do anything. That's the reality. What's good, everyone? It's your boy Chris, the star of the show, back with another video. And today's guest, guys, I, I really want y'all to know who we're talking to. We're talking about a real estate investor. We're talking about an entrepreneur. We're talking about someone who's a multimillionaire. This guy, I have seen him rise through his content. I love his quality. I love how he delivers the message. And most importantly, I love his heart behind everything he's here to serve he's here to educate and here to give back please welcome ryan how you doing ryan what's up man good to be here thanks for inviting me i know who you are i'm a huge fan of yours thank you for so much for really doing this with me um for those who do not know you can you please give a 30 second elevator elevators pitch about yourself yeah, uh, elevator pitch is I uh, grew up wanting to be a professional baseball player. I uh, was able to do that. I got drafted by the Oakland A's. Um, wow. Played three years with them in the minor leagues, got released, um, had to figure out my life. <laughs> I was fortunate enough to pay, play uh, five more seasons in other professional baseball. But uh, during that time... Which position did you play? I was a second baseman. Second baseman, okay. That's yeah. Cool. So during that time, uh, for those of you who don't know, in the minor leagues, you don't really make much money. I was making 1200 bucks a month on the months I was actually playing. So, you know, I was living wow. off of 6000 bucks a month from playing baseball or a year. Sorry, 6000 a year playing baseball. And I had to go get side hustles and figure out, you know, how to make money while pursuing my dream. And so, you know, I became a realtor back in 2010. Um, hated that because mm. it was a really tough time in real estate as a realtor. Um, nobody could get qualified. Everyone just got foreclosed on. Um, great time if you had money and you were an investor, but really hard time <laughs> yeah. as a realtor. Um, around 2015, um, I learned about flipping houses. Um, during that time from 2010 to 2015, I was doing all kinds of side hustles. I was a substitute teacher. Um, I actually was doing couch flipping, which became pretty famous on social media um, after I made videos about it. But, you know, I was just mm. doing any weird side hustle to make money. Um, but that changed in 2015. I maxed out all my credit cards to the tune of 50 G's because um, I was like, Ooh. I'm in. Like, I know that this is the way to make money and I'm confident. And if it doesn't work out, I'm kind of screwed, but we'll figure it out. So, yeah. you know, I maxed out the credit cards and thankfully it did. I used that as a down payment on a hard money loan and the first flip I made 25 grand and it was absolutely wow. life changing. And from there, everything just kept scaling and scaling. I um, did five flips that year. Then I did 20, then I did 50 and then I did 150 mm. in my fourth year. And so um, from the success of all the house flips, it ended up opening the doors for all these other businesses that we've started since. Um, you know, I've got a CPA firm with hundreds of, um, real estate investors and small business owners. Um, I've got wow. an education company where we have thousands of students all across the country. Um, I've got a fund called Pineda Capital where 
We've bought almost 500 units in the last five months all over the country. Um, I also own, what else do I own? I own Lunar Ecom, which <laughs> is an e-commerce store or e-commerce company. We've got over 300 e-commerce stores that we manage. Um, and I'm working on NFT and crypto stuff that I'm super excited about that has not been released yet. But, uh, you know, along with that, you know, putting out a bunch of social media content like you guys. And, um, you know, I've got a podcast, a YouTube channel, and we put out a lot of short form content. So I'm a pretty busy guy uh, running a whole bunch of different things. More. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to we're going to start back with um, really the transition. I think I think it's a very unique experience that you have where you had in my opinion, success in baseball, becoming a professional baseball player. But that had, unfortunately, you had to make a transition. Well, not even unfortunately, because look where you are today, but you had to make a transition. During that time, like, what was your mindset like leaving, you know, the sport that you love to make, to now start a transition? Bro, let me tell you, that was definitely the darkest time in my life. Um, you know, growing up, I didn't have a backup plan. I never wanted to be in real estate or even own a business. Like I was so singularly focused on baseball and there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to make it and everything. was. And how old were you at this time? I'm sorry to cut you off. When I got released, I was 24. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah, I mean, my whole life was just this plan and it was going according to plan. You make varsity as a freshman, you get a scholarship, you become an all American, get drafted and then all of a sudden, three years in, you know, the Oakland A's called me in the office and say, hey, dude, you're not good enough. Like, uh, your your kind of career's over. And that was the conversation as a 24-year-old. And wow. um, I just remember walking out of the office, like, seriously, like the most lost I've ever been where I'm like, what do I do? Because I, I don't have a backup plan. I don't, I've never succeeded in anything beyond baseball. You know, and so it was gut wrenching. Um, you know, like I said, I ended up playing five more seasons outside of that, and I was very fortunate to do that. Um, but even during those five years, it wasn't even about getting to the big leagues. I was playing for fun at that point. I just love the game of baseball. Um, but I'll tell you, like that, after I got released, I did not want to play anymore. I was like, I'm done. And my wife, um, we had just got married. And, wow. or actually I'm trying to think, no, we were engaged. We were going to get married later that year. She was like, you need to play. Like you've trained, you, you might as well. Like there's these other teams calling and I'm like, I don't want to play. And she was like, just play, you know, you, you can go do whatever after. And so I ended up playing another season, had a blast. And, um, you know, during that time, you know, we got married and she wasn't making any money. She was going to school to become a teacher, which doesn't make any money. <laughs> but we were like super hyped about it because I'm like, yeah, when you're a teacher and you're making 40 grand a year and like we're going to have insurance and all like it's going to be yeah, yeah. shit. I'm making six, $6,000 a year. Like you're going to be, we're going to be balling. Um, yeah. But I just quickly learned that, you know, I wasn't being the man that I needed to be, you know, just doing these side hustles. And like, I was like, how do I really do something outside of baseball? And so, um, yeah, real estate was, was what it ended up being. Um, you know, I, it's funny because many viewers probably listening to this 
you know, maybe I failed at something. And I failed at real estate early on. Like I said, I became a realtor when I was 21 and got drafted. And for the three years till I got released, I had quit. Like I, w- I was still licensed, but I was like, I'm done. I don't, I don't even want to have clients or anything. Real estate sucks. Mm. And I was so burnt out. And I just remember um, after a couple of years of flipping couches and just doing things to make money, um, my wife and I were on our one-year anniversary. We were in New Orleans at a Packers game. Packers were playing the Saints. And I just remember praying. I was like, God, what do you want me to do with my life? You know, mm. I, I don't know what my plan is anymore. I thought it was baseball. It's not real estate. Um, I don't think it's flipping couches and all this other stuff. Definitely wasn't YouTube or anything like that at the time. <laughs> um, and I remember him just saying to me, like, look into real estate again. And sure enough, I see this TV commercial where the guy's like, yeah, you can get into real estate with no money. You can go flip houses right now. And I'm like, bull crap, dude. And I was always very dismissive. Like I didn't, I think everybody's a scammer, dude. And so I was like, no way. Like that's not true. And I just felt like God was calling me to look further into it. So I did. So I started Googling, can you buy real estate with no money? And then all of a sudden I see all these websites and one is called bigger pockets and yep. you know, bigger pockets starts talking about, yeah, like you could do wholesaling, you can get a hard money loan, you can get a private money loan. And I was like, Whoa, I've been a realtor for five years and I've never heard of these things. This is crazy. Wow. Like they don't teach you this in realtor school or at your brokerage. But, like this is yeah, not, it's not on the license. No. And so I'm like, what? I could find deals. I'm a hustler. Like I find deals for a living. And so that was when I made the choice. I was like, I, you know, I don't have the money to buy the deals, but I've got credit. I'm going to apply for a bunch of credit cards, 0% interest. And I'm going to just buy, buy a flip. And if it goes well, great. If it doesn't, then I'll figure it out. But I felt like I had nothing to lose. And so many people like they're scared to make a move like that. And I was the opposite. I was like, I literally have nothing to lose. Cause you, if you have nothing, how can you lose? But I see so many people scared to make a move for losing what little they have. Yeah. How did you get over that, that fear, that anxiety of, you know, losing, like, you know, just losing in general, losing again or failing again, because you have to put yourself out there in order to see if you're going to succeed or not. So how did you get over the hump? Yeah, I think um, by then I knew I didn't like real estate uh, as far as being an agent, but I did have confidence that I was great at finding deals. You know, when I was hustling, flipping couches and stuff, all I did was find deals every day, right? Like it's just, I low, sell high. And even when I was a realtor, I was always good at finding deals. The problem was I wasn't good at finding people to buy those deals. And that's Mm. actually what got me mad about being a realtor is because you know, I, I tell this story sometimes, you know, back in 2010, I remember uh, the recession had just happened and there were houses that were built in 2008. It sold for like $350,000 here in Vegas. And wow. I remember showing one to a guy um, and it was priced at like, I don't even like 90 grand. And, um, you know, we're walking through this. It's like brand new. And I'm like, this is a great deal. Like it's, it's $90,000, whatever. He's like, yeah, but I don't know, man. I think it, I think the market's going to crash. And I'm like, to what? 
Like, <laughs> how much further can this go down? It was 350 grand two years ago. It's brand new. You can't even build for what this house is costing. How could it go down? Even, even if it went down to 70 grand, like, it, how could it be bad at all? And I'm like, we could even offer 70 grand. There's nothing to stop yeah. us from offering whatever we want. And he was like, nah, I think I'm going to wait. And that it was at that point I was like, I'm tired of this, dude. Like clients are the worst. They just don't get it. Mm. And, you know, even then too, the, the other part of that was I saw how much value there was there. And even if I had sold him that home for, you know, 70 grand, I would have made $2,000. Like, <laughs> it's just, it wasn't even a lot of money, like for yeah. what I was giving as far as value. And he didn't even want it. And you know, I, I tell realtors this all the time now today. I'm like, look, the market is tough. Absolutely. But you have to sell like 20% of the homes I would have had to sell 10 years ago because that same house is now worth 400 grand today, at least, yeah. you know? And so your commissions are way bigger. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like when you were, you know, starting to get some momentum, you know, how did you really take a hold of that and compound it and scale your business and keeping that mental fortitude for the future? Um, so I think when you build any business, um, most people don't really know what they're truly capable of. And so for me, those first flips were just about like, dude, I was so hyped to make 25 grand. Right. And you do it, you do it. And then, um, you get better. Right. Um, and then every hustler ends up finding out that, there's a cap to what they can do by themselves. And so now they have to develop a totally different skill set, which is organization, hiring people, mm. managing people, building a true business. And I didn't know how to do that. I, I'd never had a real job with management. And like, I've never seen an organizational chart in my life. I've never created an SOP or anything. I just was hustling, getting deals. And guess what? Yeah. I mean, my third year when I did 50 deals, I remember I made... 750 grand that year. Um, it's just me and my buddy who I just hired to help me. And we, we did 50 <laughs> houses with us with no processes, no like mentors. Like we winged it and made it happen. Um, but I'll tell you in 2018, that the reason that I went from 50 to 150 is because one, I retired from baseball. So then I was fully dedicated to real estate. So by the way, that 50 flips came while I was playing baseball still. Wow. Um, you know, I, I went full-time into real estate too. I started hiring people for the first time. We got an office, hired people, started to figure out roles and, you know, how to do things, like winging it still. Um, and then 2019, I actually had my first down year, you know, like mm. 2018, we, we did 150. 2019, we did worse. And um, like, what happened? What, like, why did we do worse? And, you know, it was the first time I hired a business coach. And so I paid this guy to come to my office. I paid him 17 grand to come for three days. And he totally revolutionized um, my structure and turned me from wow. a guy who was a hustler, just figuring things out and winging it to like, no, this is what big companies do. And if you want to become big, this is what you need to do. 
Yo, what's good everybody? We're gonna take a quick pause from this week's amazing episode to talk to you guys about our amazing sponsors over at Skillshare. Guys, Skillshare is a real A1 day one from the roommates and we absolutely love Skillshare because they are a unique online learning community where men and women can learn all types of creative and entrepreneurial skills. Man, so many men for the past years in the roommates have been learning, have been blossoming, have been transforming from Skillshare because not only do you get the first month free to test it out, but Skillshare has such a vast library of courses, of resources that you guys can be able to tap into today. Go to Skillshare.com slash roommates and take advantage of this opportunity. Guys, on the podcast, we meet so many amazing men and women who are so talented, but they didn't get their skills overnight. They had to master these things and Skillshare gives Gives you all the resources that you can be able to master your best self and tap into your full potential. So do not delay. Get on Skillshare today. Go to Skillshare.com slash roommates. Trust me, you'll thank us later. And let's get back to this week's episode. And so we built out those things I talked about, organizational charts, SOPs, um, you know, creating roles and how we hire people, core values, and these things that... Um, now we use in every single business I start and it makes them so much easier because we um, have all these things and they run smooth without me, right? Like the only reason I can own so many businesses like that are really high level businesses. These aren't like side endeavors. Like I hear a lot of entrepreneurs like, yeah, you know, I got this, I got this. I'm like, no, we're like top of industry in all these businesses. And yeah. um, it's because of structure and organization and we're just very good at hiring people retaining them and like really getting the most out of them. So um, I just think when it comes to scaling, it's literally all about people and processes. That's it. Yeah. No, I think that's, uh, I think that's beautiful. I think um, really what I took away from it, you having the ability or the foresight to go hire somebody and say, Hey, how to make this into a business really like with or without my operation like that's really that's really uh that's next level you know that's that's the key to really taking you know a huge jump the next year because of those organizational skills and i also heard you you can't you you call yourself a hustler and it popped up in my mind as you were talking what are five skills of all hustlers that have in common and then i want you to answer from like those skills did those skills help you or did it like not hinder you, but how did it change when you began scaling? How did you, did you hustle in a different way? Man, five skills off the top of my head. This is a whole YouTube Off the top video. of your head. You're a professional. You got it. This is a whole YouTube video. I'd have to script out. This might be the, ne- the title <laughs> of my next one. Five skills of- There you go. Five. There you go. Well, you're welcome. You ain't got to tag me. No, I'm just be, I'm going to be in the comments and I'm just salute. If it's good, I'm just going to take this whole clip and then there's the video. Um, There it is. So, okay, let me think. Off the top of my head, um, first off, hustlers, number one, are always good salespeople. I I have yet to find one that wasn't good at just selling a product, whatever they sold, right? I mean, whether you're freaking old school slanging CDs or you're flipping couches like I was or you're making content, like you know how to sell whatever you're selling. So I think that's that's one key. Um, Two... I think hustlers, you know, don't really have fear. Like for whatever reason, they go into things 
blind, not knowing, like maybe they're just oblivious to like <laughs> the troubles that are going to be ahead. But, you know, we just go full force and we're like, yo, whatever happens, happens. And I'll figure it out when it happens. Whereas other people might be, and this might be like smart of them. They're like, okay, well, what could happen? Like, let me think this yeah. through. How should this play <laughs> out? And then what happens though, is they take no action because they're like, oh, so many things can go wrong and they don't do anything. Whereas the hustler, like just blindly, like I'm going in, whatever happens, happens. And so when I tell the story of the 50 K credit cards, that was it. It was like, yeah, like a million things could have went wrong, but most hustlers I know have a similar story on how they started a Mm -hmm. business, how they made it happen. So I think, um, you know, lack of fear is one. I also think, uh, discipline is another. Um, Most of them are willing to do whatever it takes, right? They'll wake up at five in the morning. They'll go to bed at midnight. They will, you know, work nonstop to accomplish their dream. Um, Now, you know, when I talk about discipline, it's in a much different way today where um, I have the opposite problem where I need to actually limit my work so that I can spend time with my family, enjoy life, enjoy vacation because, um, most hustlers just like they'll work nonstop. Like that's just how they're wired. And so you got to have the discipline in as your life evolves to adapt of like, okay, well, you know, I can't just work all day. I need to start, yeah. you know, enjoying these other aspects of life. So I think discipline's a big key. Um, I would say a fourth big key is a willingness to adapt. So I've seen so many guys who they have one idea and it works and then whatever. They're on to the next idea because that's a better idea or maybe that old idea stopped working or whatever, right? Or they, they try all these different businesses and you know they all fail, but they're willing to adapt and learn from them and then they find that winner and it works, right? So mm-hmm. um, I think being able to adapt is enormous. Um, and let me, let me come up with a, a really good fifth one. Uh, there's like so many different characteristics that could describe it, but... I would say it kind of goes along the lines of being able to sell, but it's the other side of sell, which is marketing. Like hustlers yeah. are really good promoters. Like yeah. they'll they'll get traffic to their business, their product. Like they they'll figure out how to get eyeballs. And so for us right now, it's like, okay, we both have realized like there's a lot of power in social media. So like we'll hustle and figure out, you know, how to make a channel work. You know, I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. I, I never thought I would be a guy who just jumps on podcasts all the time and <laughs> makes videos for a living. But here I am. I'll be honest with you. When I was first introduced to a podcast, I never heard of it before. Right. So like I, I, I didn't I didn't know what it was until it got brought up to me. And I'm just like, oh, this is a whole nother world that I never knew exists. You know, yeah. and then I thought I'm like, yeah, to get paid to talk for a living. I love talking. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, so like it, it was a, a beautiful, a beautiful mesh. So I hear you. And I think all of those characteristics of what makes, you know, people are hustlers are true. And I think, you know, passion as well. I think that's a huge one. And like you said, creativity, I yeah. think is, is huge. If you can really adapt, um, I think that's that's big because and I think it's also the mindset. Like you you look at anything and you can find if I give you a product, I know you can just sell it. You'll figure out a way to sell that product and move forward, you know. Did that mindset was it 
always there? Like which which of those five areas that you had to put work in? Was it selling? Was it learning how to adapt? You know, was it you know was it marketing? What which one of those five areas you said you had to put the most work in to see results? Um, you know, when you said that, it actually made me think that like one thing that defines all five of those characteristics is being a problem solver. That's it. Yeah. Like hustlers yeah. just solve problems, right? Like that's what all those things basically are: adapting to solve a problem, whatever. Um, how do we get more sales? We got a, we got a problem. How do we get more leads? We got a problem. Um, yeah. But I would say for me, the hardest thing to learn was sales. Um, unlike you, like you said, I love to talk. I don't. <laughs> if you if you would have for those who know me from my baseball days, I'm very introverted. Like I'll sit on the bus by myself and chill. I'll sit at the locker. Like, yeah, I'm friendly. Like, you know, we'll chat, but yeah. I'm not like going to be going up to you, Chris, and like telling you a joke. I'm just going to be kind of <laughs> doing my own thing, minding my own business. And um, that's how I've always been. And so when it came to social media and making videos, it was not natural. It was like, dude, this is going to be so weird. Like, who's going to watch this? But I did it, right? And yeah. the same thing is true with selling. Um, the reason I failed as a realtor was because I was unwilling to get out there and sell. I just didn't want to. Um, but what happened was from flipping couches, I sold freaking probably a thousand couches in my career. Wow. That's a lot of sales like to get your feet wet. And so when you do that many sales, it doesn't matter what you sell after. Like you're like, dude, yeah, I've been in negotiations. I'm willing to talk to people who I don't know and you know, convince them to buy my product. Right. So, um, I think couches definitely helped me with that. And that was the hardest skill for me to learn, especially as an introvert. And people don't really believe me because they see me speaking all the time and, you know, going on stage and doing all these videos, but mm -hmm. speaking did not come natural. No, I, I think like, I think it's the willingness of, you know, learning that skill you know, it, it sets people apart and, and it's okay because like you said, you know, you're not a natural talker, but it doesn't look that way on camera, you know? So I think that is a, a beautiful thing to have. And also if, to me, for all the people that are like introverts out there are afraid to sell, I think, like you said, when you first started talking, it's the problem solving. That's the trick I had to do. Cause I remember when I was selling life insurance, it was more of like, Hey, I don't really like it. <laughs> but I had to trick my mind. I'm like, well, man, if this single mother goes away, that's not going to be good for the kid. If this, you know, if, if this father of the family goes away who makes all the money, that's not going to be good for the family. So it's like um, I had to trick my mind to solve a problem, not to sell that product. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's a that's a good trick for people that who are who are in sales um, and struggling to really like and you don't like it. You need to figure out how you can trick your mind to solve a problem. But I believe that this is the part where we want to talk about education and we want to talk about real estate, how, you know, people who are watching this video, you know, they, they, they are tired of working the same job. They want to experience financial freedom. They want to be in the position you are in, you know, they don't have little to no money or little to no credit. You know, what should that person do that wants to get started in real estate? Right. So real estate, there's a lot of things that you could be doing, right? You could be flipping, wholesaling, multifamily, part, like whatever you want to do, right? Um, there's two things I want to say. One is in real estate, you always never have money. 
even myself, okay? Because here's what happens is most real estate investors will never tell you this, but they're always out of money because they're always buying more real estate, you know? Mm. And so when I go to buy all these flips and different things, um, the first thing I do is like, yeah, if I can go raise the money from someone else, then great, I'm going to do it. But if I don't and it's a good deal, I'm going to use my money if I have it, right? And yeah. most real estate investors are so accustomed to, you know, always reinvesting, right? If you had a million dollars in the bank, like most people would look at that and be like, well, man, we got to go use it because it's just doing nothing. It's actually losing money with today <laughs> with inflation. Yeah. And so, you know, we go invest it, right? But then another deal pops up. And so you're never having the money that you need to invest. So I want everyone to understand that, like we are constantly like broke essentially just trying wow. to raise money to do stuff. So it does not matter if you're in my boat. Um, I'm always like going broke, buying more real estate. Uh, Grant Cardone <laughs> talks about that a lot. And it doesn't matter in your boat if you have no real estate and you're broke. Like the same process applies. If we're both broke <laughs> and we're trying to buy deals, we do the same path, right? So yeah. um, the first part is getting great at finding deals. Okay, that is number one priority. If you can find deals doesn't matter what kind of real estate deals, you will make money and a lot of money. Um, really just depends what you choose to do with those deals. So um, like mm -hmm. one big thing that people like to do starting out is wholesale, you know? So for those yeah. who don't know, um, wholesaling is simply just assigning a contract. So let's just say I get a property on a contract for $300,000, right? And, you know, I don't have $300,000 to buy this, but um, I know that my boy Chris, um, does and he would actually like to buy it for three hundred and thirty thousand dollars because he knows he could go sell this thing for four hundred thousand dollars, right? Like we got a really good deal, and so um, instead of me having to go buy it and then sell it to Chris, um, I do what's called an assignment, and so I assign the contract mm -hmm. to Chris, and all this is done through the title company, right? Who's got it under escrow, and um, Chris is going to be the one who buys the property, so. You know, in the end, um, Chris will put up three hundred and thirty thousand dollars. The three hundred goes to the seller. Thirty grand goes to me for finding the deal, and Chris gets a property below market value that he's super hyped about for three hundred and thirty grand. And like that, I made thirty thousand um, dollars without having to use any money. All I had to do was find a deal and find a buyer. Now, in today's society, um, with social media and everything, finding buyers is super easy. Like that is not mm. the issue. Like you can go on any Facebook group right now. If you had a deal in Las Vegas, you say, yeah, I got this deal in Las Vegas. It's 300 grand. It's worth even 370 grand. You know, um, who's willing to give me 320? I guarantee you someone will probably buy it in today's market. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so finding the buyer is not, not hard. It's finding the deals. That's harder. How do you get that $300,000 deal? And so, um, that's where everyone should focus their time on is finding deals. Um, and, you know, the other thing I'll say is for me, what I teach our students, um, you know, I mentioned one of my companies, it's called Future Flipper, where, you know, we train, we've trained thousands of people how to flip houses and wholesale and buy rentals and all that stuff. Um, what I like to teach is how to flip houses because it gives you all of the tools you need to be a great investor for the long haul. So, you know, if you get great at finding deals, you could wholesale and, and do that, right? But you're never going to like be a great investor. You're a good marketer and a good salesperson, but not a great investor because you haven't raised money to buy it. You haven't fixed it up, et cetera. 
But when you flip a house, not only do you have to find good deals, but you also have to find the money to buy the house. And then you have to find the construction company to go fix the house up. And if you do all three of those things, you flip the house and you make a lot of money. Um, but if you're trying to build a rental portfolio, it's the same thing. You got to raise money, you got to get it fixed up and you got to get it leased out. Um, so yeah. I believe that if you can become great at flipping houses, you could pretty much do anything in real estate and make a mm. lot of money. You don't have to flip every house, but just have the skill set to do it. No, it's beautiful. I, I, this is, this is like, this is for the podcast, but it's for me personally <laughs> at the same time. How do you know if a property is a good deal? So quick plug. If you go to futureflipper.com, you can download my book completely free. Okay. And it goes Damn. over how to evaluate properties and, um, you know, run comps and, you know, figure out rehab costs and raise money. As far as how do you know you're getting a good deal? So um, first off, really all you have to understand is what are the costs of buying the deal, right? And we go over this in the book, but like, you know, there's so many costs, right? There's the rehab costs, there's the realtor fees, the closing costs, you know, and if you get a hard money loan like I did, okay, how much is the mortgage on this every month? Um, so you got to understand all your costs. That's number one, okay? Second thing is you've got to understand what this property is going to be worth when you're done with it, right? Because yeah, in most flips, you're putting money into it to fix it up and you're hoping to sell it for a lot more than what you bought it for. Um, but a lot of people screw up what it's actually worth. And so, um, mm. you know, basically we just teach people how to run comps, you know, comparable analysis and say, Hey, you know, uh, this property right here, you could give me any property. I could go and look up all the comps and say, yeah, you know, I think this house, when it's said and done, is worth $400,000. This is called your after repair value, ARV. Yeah. And, um, you know, maybe we know we can get it for 300000 And so then it's just applying all the cost to that 300000 and saying, okay, like, maybe we're all into this at 370000 with all of our costs. So if we sell it for four we're going to make thirty grand. Like, that's just literally what we do over and over again every day. We're just running numbers. Like to me, yeah, where the house is, what it looks like as far as a flip goes does not matter because mm. I'm not holding this long term. Like I flip tons of houses in the hood. I flip mobile homes. I flip anything wow. and everything. I don't care. Um, yeah. Now it's for my own rental portfolio. That's different, right? Like if I'm going to keep this thing yeah. long term, I want a nice asset that, you know, I feel like is going to be great for the long haul. Um, and get a good tenant maybe and all this, but you know, even in the end I've had rentals that are, like I said, in the hood and they've been fine and those have appreciated really well too. So, um, I think it really just comes down to knowing all the cost and getting good at figuring out what properties are worth. And there's no like bullet points of how to do that. Like you have to just get good. I mean, the book talks about, you know, if you're trying to look up comparables, you got to look up you know, is it similar square footage? Does it have similar bedrooms, bathrooms, uh, garages, pools, uh, year built? Like, okay, we want to get it as similar as possible. Okay. Then say, okay, now what kind of condition is it in? Is it renovated? Is it just pretty basic? Is it beat to crap? And that's going to mm -hmm. kind of help you figure out what it's really worth. No, that's, that's fantastic. That's a fantastic answer. I really appreciate that. 
Um, so for the person that wants to start tomorrow, right? They're going to get your book. They're going to read it. You know, they're going to get started. Realistically, how long would it take it to get to that first flip? You know, it's different for everyone. So here's what I'll say. Yeah. Um, I give a lot of stuff for free, whether it's the book, whether it's just my YouTube videos or anything else. Like you could go look up everything I've ever done and like piece together everything and, and figure it out. And, you know, there are people who watch content and they figure it out and go get a deal in the first month. There are people that it takes a year. Um, but one thing I can say is the majority of people who watch content don't do anything. That's just the yeah. truth. Um, and it's weird because so many people like, they'll tell me they like watching and I'm like, Oh cool. Like how many deals have you done? They're like, Oh, I'm still trying to get my first deal. I'm like, how long have you been watching me? And they're like, Oh, it's been like two years. I'm like, how have you not done a deal yet? And the truth is when you don't really have skin in the game, you don't really take action. And if you don't, you really have, um, it, it's free to watch this. Like you have nothing yeah. to lose whether you take action or not. You know, if you've paid nothing for all this, you don't lose anything by taking action other than time. Um, but for most people who don't have a lot of money, they don't, they have nothing but time. So they don't really care. Um, the people who win um, and do it the fastest are the people in coaching, right? That's just the wow. truth. I've seen it firsthand. Like people who join our coaching programs, they pay a lot of money to do it. Like my stuff ain't cheap. And <laughs> That's the truth. You know, if you want yeah. cheap stuff, there's a ton of free resources we give. Like you shouldn't have any excuse, but if you want to fast track it, coaching does two things. One, you have skin in the game, like I just said. So yeah. if you go, if you paid thousands of dollars to do something, I can 1000% guarantee you, you're more likely to take action just because you now are like, dude, I just paid all this money. Like I got to go do something that alone already creates a different mindset. Um, but two is you actually have people guiding you and helping you. And you're part of a community where other people are doing this too. You know, doing something by yourself with no community and no mentor, it's really hard. People do it yeah. and they succeed, but your chances go up so much when you have all of that happening. Um, and so what I tell people is like, look, I would love for you to be in the program if you don't have money right now. Um, like I said at the start of this this podcast, well, that's going to be something that's a reoccurring thing in real estate. <laughs> so you can yeah. figure out how to get the money to do this. If you can't, you're probably not going to figure, if you can't figure out how to get the money to do this, you're probably not going to figure out how to get the money to go buy a $500,000 house. Like, let's get real. Because a hustler yeah. just figures it out. Like, you know, if they yeah. believe this is what does it, they'll figure out how to get the money. They'll figure out how to get the deal. And so... um you know, that that's my belief is that when you get those two things going for you, you're much more likely to take action, and get a deal. I mean, we had I've seen tons of people, like I said, in the program, get deals in their first month. You know, I still have seen people who do nothing. Right. Even though they pay all that money yeah. and they learn, you know, like there are just people who they just don't want to put in the work and do it. Um, last year, we had our first guy. And this is I don't want anyone to ever think that this is what they're going to do. But. Our, we had our first person who ever, who did a million dollars in their first year. It was nuts. I couldn't wow. believe it. I didn't make a million bucks in my first year. It took me my fourth year to make over a million bucks. 
But I mean, wow. this dude took such action and went so hard and like really took everything and did it at an excellent level. And he's going to crush that in year two right now. Um, yeah. The possibilities are endless for what you can actually do in real estate. I've seen everything in between. People make zero, people make a million. First month, 12th month, some people never do it. Like, it's just, I can tell you, if you're a hustler and you have the right resources around you, you're going to kill it. If you're not a hustler yeah. and you have the right resources around you, at least you have a better chance of like doing something. But if you're, you know, you're not a hustler, you have no resources, you're probably never going to do anything. That's the reality. Wow. I think that's beautifully put in uh, to me what it sounds like as well when they sign up for your program is accountability. I think that's mm -hmm. the biggest thing because like you said, we, you know, you give free information out there. People watch two, three years later, still not doing anything, you know? So when you pay that money, the skin, the game is amazing, but also what you're selling is accountability as well. Yeah. And I, yeah. Accountability community, right? You're going to be yeah. encouraged other people around you who have never done a deal also you're like dang that guy just got a deal and then you see it again that guy like it it makes you believe what's possible you know i'll tell you so many things that i have done i was skeptical of and i didn't want to do because i just had never seen anyone do it and so i didn't believe right and so mm. <laughs> i tell this story a lot too where i didn't want to do youtube um for a long time because i'm like youtube who cares about YouTube? Like nobody watches that. <laughs> That's what I thought. Cause I didn't watch it. Yeah. And people were kept messaging me on Instagram. They're like, dude, you should do YouTube. Your content would be so good. And I was like, dude, nobody does YouTube. And then I had enough people <laughs> tell me where I was finally like, okay, who were the top YouTubers? Just tell me. And they're like, well, yeah. there's, this guy, there's this guy, Graham Stefan. There's this guy, meet Kevin. They're the good real estate YouTubers. And I'm like, okay, great. How many deals do they do? And, um, not a lot. And I was like, huh? Okay. So I started watching their videos and I'm like, these guys don't really do that much real estate. Like what's, what are they even talking about? And then sure enough, I remember them watching, watching a video and they were like, yeah, you know, I make 200 grand a month, um, on AdSense and sponsors. And I was like, what? Yeah. You make 200 grand a month just doing videos about real estate. Yeah. You're not even doing yeah. the real estate. No. And I couldn't believe it. I was just like shocked because <laughs> I was like, I'm over here. I'm over here busting my butt to find deals and like run these businesses and have employees and overhead. And I was like, wow, I've been, I didn't get mad. Like a lot of people would yeah. get mad. Uh, and you know, a lot of my real estate investor friends still feel that way, even about me. Hmm. They're like, oh, I buy more houses than Ryan. Why does Ryan get all the recognition? Well, it's like, dude, you're on the wrong side of the fence. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I just, I realized, I was like, dude, YouTube makes sense. Being a content creator, like, is very important. And it took for me to see it to believe. And so I think that's what happens with a lot of people flipping houses. None of their friends, none of their family do it. They don't believe it's possible. They might think it's a scam. Um, but then you get in this community where like, you're seeing it over and over again. You're like, wow, like this is real. And it gives you the belief that you can do it. But if I didn't see that video, I would not be on social media. Like I wouldn't, I still wouldn't believe that YouTube is a thing. Yeah, no, I feel you. Like, like I, it, it's, I think it's really common with people that play like a lot of sports 
and they probably watch a lot of sports content. When I was in college back in 20, what was it called? 2012 to 2016, I didn't watch that much YouTube either. I was, you know, going to class, you know, whatever, doing college stuff. Um, and then YouTube was like, oh, this is a whole community that people are, are religiously on as well. Uh, and also, when I when I found out about podcasts and when I found out about new, uh, YouTube and those numbers, and I realized when you talk about, you know, finance videos, real estate, entrepreneurship, they actually pay more for those videos than any else as well. I see why I see why you got that finance channel now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> listen, 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 listen. I can't help it's a double reward, but, uh, <laughs> but no, it's no, all about entertainment. Yeah, yeah 100%. But- and here's the thing I tell people too. Um, so like a lot of our students are social media focused because I hammer it home in the coaching program. I'm like, guys, we're here to learn real estate, right? But social media is something you also need to learn because it's going to help yeah. your real estate career. If you have any kind of following on social media, it makes getting deals easier, hiring easier, raising money easier. Everything becomes easier. And that's why my businesses have grown is because as my social media grew, it helped my businesses so much. Um, but, you know, the next question they have is they're like, well, I'm not a real estate expert. Like, how can I make content? And I'm like, dude, yeah. just show the journey. You know, it's the same thing exactly. you, you just said you're doing like that. That's so cool. And I think it's actually um, more relatable anyway, because most people are in that boat of just trying to start and figure. And so it's like, man, I totally get what Chris is doing. Right. He's like trying to do this stuff like I'm trying to do that. Like, this is sick. Um, versus maybe somebody else where they're like, yeah, like he's cool. Like he has great content, but I just can't really relate. Like I, he's just so much further along than me. It's not relatable. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the biggest thing, you know, especially with the audience that's been watching us. It's like, you know, they one they started from the beginning. You've seen our journey. Like they, they seen it with, with the roommates podcast. And then I'm trying to recreate that with my own channel as well, because if you can show it, then they can believe it. There's no more excuses. And one of my uh, goals is also to start an education company. You know, that was one of the things that I wanted to do as well um, around similar topics and similar content. Um, so it, it was it's good to hear that from you as well and actually seeing it. And, and, and you know, like I said, I watch from afar. I'm like, okay, I, I, I admire what you do and how far you have came and what you have grown. So before... You know, we we wrap things up. I want you to really share, like, because I don't want people to watch this video, you know, all the way through and then take no action. Right. You know, take 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 no you know no sense of urgency anything. So I want to give them really just like a few basic steps that they can do to start picking up those momentum because I believe. You know, small early victories will pick up the momentum. It's kind of like if you play a game and you're a really good basketball team, and you gotta go play a school that you we all know ain't that good, but we need like we gotta go. Let's go test the skills and raise our confidence level up again. That's why. That's why I want your answer to this question. Be (laughs) right, right. So yeah, like you said with sports, right? Sports is done through coaching and repetition. That's it, right? If you get the right form, the right coaching, and then you do what they tell you to do a lot you're going to become good. Right. And now look, we all got our own natural talent. You might be born really tall if you're in basketball and athletic and some other guys, not so much, but you got to still play to your talents and capabilities. So 
there are some guys who are going to be like LeBron. Other guys, you know, they're going to be like Steph. Other guys, their 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 capacity might be a role player. They're all fine. Yeah. You know, you just yeah. have to understand who you are. Um, but I would say like actionable things, right? Like I don't want to sound like I'm over here just pitching coaching. Like I just I fully believe, and this comes with sales again. Like I fully believe that is the fast track and that is the easiest way. So like that's what I would do first and foremost. You do that and you freaking follow what we tell you to do or even other people's coaching. Like if there's somebody else you follow that you vibe with and you don't even like me tight, that's cool too. Go join their deal. Whoever you vibe with and who you want to emulate, join their deal and fast track it. That's like first advice. Second advice. If you don't want to go that route and you want to solve it yourself, which I don't advise, but um, if you do want to go this route, here's what I would do. Um, First thing is read the book. It's completely free. That's the framework of, you know, flipping houses, right? Now, yes. second thing is once you've read that and you understand the basics of flipping, um, it's all about getting deals. So at that point, it is purely a volume game to go and get deals. And so the only way to get a deal is to evaluate properties and make offers. That's it, right? So yeah. um, for if you if you have literally no money, then you're probably not going to do any marketing, right? We For marketing, we run TV commercials. We got cold callers. We got all this stuff. Like, okay, you're not going to do any of that. That's cool. But everyone here can go on Zillow and start looking at properties and start making a ton of offers and just starting to understand their market. You know, if you understand, you know, your market, you start to get to know the areas and what houses are selling for and all that stuff. You're going to learn to spot what's undervalued, right? You're also going to get better at sales because you're just constantly making offers. And two, you're going to also, as you contact these realtors, start building relationships because you don't have any yet. So like what you should be doing as you contact these realtors um, is is basically saying, hey, you know, my name's Ryan. My name's Chris. Um, You know, I'm a new investor. I'm looking to buy a house flip. Um, I understand the market is extremely hot right now. And, you know, I'm sure you got a lot of offers on your property, but, um, you know, I'd like to make an offer on it through you as the listing agent um, for whatever price, right? 99% of the time, they're going to say, no, that's too low. You have to understand that because the 1% that say yes are making you a lot of money. So you got to deal with 99% rejection. So, you know, most likely the agent's going to say no. And what you're going to do is say, okay, like totally get it. Um, If you could, please just save my number, um, for any property that you think might end up becoming a deal um, that makes sense for, for a house flip, uh, I will buy it. You can represent me. You can make both commissions. Um, you know, that that's it, you know? And then yeah. imagine if you did that 50 times a day, you called on yeah. 50 properties, you made 50 offers, you negotiated, you evaluated, you built 50 relationships. Um, I can promise you, you're going to get a deal here soon, even not knowing anything. And you're also going to start getting better at talking, at evaluating. And um, I, you'll get a deal. Like you will if you just do that every day. But most people are not willing to do that. So that's where the problem is. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I totally agree with you. You know, um, what are, and this is this will be the last question before we go, but what are, like just say they do, are calling. They've been calling every single day, you know, for two weeks. They finally get like, hey, I got a deal from you. Like, do they do they have to offer up their own money or is it just like 
kind of like the assignment that you're talking about and then they have that assignment and now they can go shop that around to other investors yeah so typically um the only thing you'll have to put up is what's called an earnest money deposit and so okay this is whatever you make it with the offer i mean it could be five hundred dollars it could be five thousand dollars like it's really negotiable um and so i mean a lot of people do have the money to put up their earnest money so like you, you might be fine, but even if you didn't, right? If you got a really good deal and you needed to put $3,000 down, everyone here watching this knows somebody who has $3,000. Like, okay, nobody should have an excuse. You know someone. So get somebody to help you do that. And that money in the contract is refundable during your due diligence period. So like also in that there contract, you, you know, you're going to have, just say it's a 10-day due diligence period, right? This is your time to get inspections, to make sure that, you know, you want to buy this house. If within that 10 days, you realize that, man, this is not a good deal, or I can't find a buyer for it, um, you can back out and get the money back. That's it, right? And so yeah. it's not it's not a big deal. We've backed out of many deals. Like, it's just, that's real yeah. estate. So um, assuming, you know, you got that, you put the money down, and maybe you have 10 days before that due diligence period expires. Well, during this 10 days, you are going to be going like crazy to Facebook groups, to social media, <laughs> to network, to try and find somebody to buy that deal. And, um, yeah. you know, assuming that you can, great, you're going to be able to make some money on it and wholesale it. Um, or you might find somebody who wants to partner with you on it. They say, look, I'll buy it. You know, you get it fixed up. I'll bring all the money and like, let's flip it together. Like I've done, I've done many, we call these joint ventures with um, some of my students and you know, other people in Las Vegas, um, because they don't have the money. And I said, all right, great. I'll bring the money. Um, and then like for, for us anyways, we do the construction cause we already have it built out, but, um, you know, they brought me the deal and we would just work out some kind of profit split. That's fair. Um, if you're doing your very first deal, don't expect to get 50, 50, right? Even if you yeah. got 80, 20, 20% to you or 10%, just do a deal and get your feet yeah. wet and learn. And then, you know, you, like that'll be such, that'll be the best education you can get is actually doing a deal. So don't be greedy on it either. Just like take action and then just take whatever you can get. Even if you only wholesaled it for $500, like you're going to learn so much by having done that deal. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Just like, you know, when we got started with the podcast, it's more of like, we just, you just got to do it. And once you do it, you pick up that consistency and that's when you start learning a lot. And I think that that is the best um, best education you can get is by experience, you know. So I, I guess I really want, you know, my audience to really take advantage of the opportunity that's presented in front of them. And, and you are someone that has taken advantage of opportunities that has been presented in front of them. And that's why I wanted to talk to you. And, you know, the last thing before we go, you know, if there's any closing message for, you know, someone that has any kind of doubts or, you know, they still not sure or they still, you know, kind of like worried about something, what do you want to say to that person that's listening? Um, Man, I would just say, look, anytime you're trying to do something new, uh, you're going to have doubts and yeah. you just have to make sure that, um, you know, you're getting past that. Like I'm telling you, Overcoming doubt by yourself is like, it's a very admirable thing. And if you're able to do it, that's great. 
But the reason most people get over doubt is by having community around them, having mentors, having other people who are helping build their confidence um, with them. And that's why I just think it's so important to get into those things because, man, dude, doing business is difficult on your own, man. I can't run yeah. any businesses on my own. I don't know why other people think it's possible. <laughs> like, it's really uh, hard. Yeah. No, it's not easy at all. But well, Ryan, I appreciate you for your time. Like you, the, your story is amazing. The knowledge that you dropped was life changing, you know, and it, it inspired me. You know, I want the next time that I speak to you, I want to be able to tell you I've done multiple deals, you know. So, you know, that's a personal goal of mine because you and others, you know, y'all are kind of just like really like some Mount Rushmore people to me uh, because it's just so cool to see how you took an opportunity and you build something just, you know, so Im impressive, you know, so I'm here, you know, to give you your flowers. I don't know, like as a fellow content creator, you know, it's, it's, it's not always easy making content. Sometimes it's weird talking in front of the camera. Nobody's really, you know, listening. Did that joke? Was it funny? Who knows? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so um, I, I'm here to tell you that, you know, we appreciate you. You know, we we admire you and you are a truly a gift. And, and I'm glad to have this conversation with a fellow person that is, you know, putting character first, that's here to serve the community and educate them at the same time. So thank you for all that you do. Please don't stop. Continue to make the content. And, you know, I'll, I'll be here, you know, witnessing your greatness along the way. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. All right. Well, once you get those deals, we'll have to run it back. And I'll have you come. Oh, yeah, no, we'll, we'll run it back and we're going to run it in person. I'm coming to L.A. I mean, I lost, uh, lost uh, Vegas and we're going to we're going to do it in person. I want to see everything. You know, I want a tour. Yeah. I want the full experience. I, I need that. All right. You got to get those deals first, though. That's the deal. I got you. I promise you. That's uh, that's a bet contract <laughs> signed. Let's do it, baby. I'm with it. Uh, You know how we do here at the Roommates Community. Uh, please reach out to Ryan. Ryan, where, where can they find you to say, you know, thank you, you know, to share what they learned from you and from this episode? You know, um, obviously I'm everywhere on social media, uh, at Ryan Pineda, but, uh, easiest way, if you go to ryanpineda.com, you can see all the socials, you can see all my companies and all the various ways that we can work together. Great. Roommates, please go out there, represent us well. You know, say something really good to Ryan. Thank him for all the knowledge that he dropped. This is Chris. I'll see you all next week.